Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. You know, Mitch. Thank you, ESPN. They love their Cougars. Mitch Harper. Good afternoon, Cougar Nation, and welcome in to a new edition of the Cougar Tracks podcast on kslsports.com. I'm your BYU insider, Mitch Harper. It's Wednesday, July 6th, and for those of you that were looking to watch the live stream, had some technical issues, so I apologize for that. So only a podcast form this go-around, but in the future, Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, high noon, on Cougar Tracks, KSL Sports Facebook, KSL Sports Twitter, and KSL Sports YouTube is where you can find those live streams. And I, again, I apologize for the uh, technical glitch here today on the live stream, but nonetheless, still putting out a podcast for you, and there's a lot to get to in the world of college athletics as the realignment wheels continue to turn, and that's where we're going to focus a lot of this conversation is, you know, what benefits BYU in all of this? What's the Big 12's next move? All the latest with conference realignment. You know, I got to say, one of the things with conference realignment that I think often gets forgotten is people always assume when one move happens, something instantly will follow up. Remember Texas and Oklahoma last year, there was a leak from the Texas A&M side of things, and they leaked it to the Houston Chronicle. It was at SEC Media Days in July. Texas and Oklahoma, a few days after that report, announced their intentions to request membership in the SEC, which was granted unanimously. But then everyone thought, when's the next move going to happen? What, what league is next? Is Big 12 going to expand tonight? What's going to happen? Didn't officially go down until... September 10th. And that was different, too, because the Big 12 had so much data on BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston. You would have thought that could have been done in August. Still took time. It would seem 
that this is going to take some time, especially when the Pac-12 conference comes out and states that they've granted the opportunity for their league to look at a new media rights deal. And it's interesting, too, as that's kind of the latest with all of this, is that the Pac-12 is now going to be exploring their media rights opportunities in the market, see what's out there. This comes on the heels of the reports that Utah, Arizona, Arizona State, Colorado, we're all going to have meetings with the Big 12 Conference on Tuesday, July 5th. And then there was reports from CBS, The Athletic, that the Big 12 Conference is in deep discussions with up to six teams from the Pac-12 Conference. If you're the leftover 10 members in the Pac-12, you want to have these options. You want to hear what the media rights opportunities are going to be in the current league. And if it makes sense, you're going to stay there. The Big 12 will be around. That's the thing is that the Big 12, oddly enough, does create some stability in this crazy volatile space because right now the current Big 12 membership is not wanted. They're not desirable to the Big 10 or the SEC. So it's kind of in a sweet spot in terms of safe space where there's some actual stability, it would seem, in this league. But I think it's good that the Big 12 is wanting to pursue members of the Pac-12. But my argument is what I said back on July 1st on this podcast, go get Arizona and Arizona State and stop right there. Focus on those two schools because, one, Arizona State doesn't have AAU membership, which in a way unofficially eliminates them from the Big Ten. And then Arizona... They don't have eyeballs when it comes to their football program. But basketball, they got a lot of interest, but we know basketball is not moving any of this. So to me, the Big 12 could be desirable for the Arizona schools. And then you stop there because you take the floor out from the Pac-12 again, and then they're going to start to react. And then you might be in a situation where Oregon and Washington are either begging the ACC, which would likely be their first call if they're in desperation move to move, and the Big Ten isn't expanding. Oregon and Washington hit up the ACC, or better yet, they're turning to the Big 12. The thing is, is that a lot of the Pac-12 membership seems to look down on the Big 12. That's fine. I mean, that dynamic got them in the hole that they're currently in. You know, it's, it's interesting since... Last week, that bombshell with USC and UCLA, which feels like five years ago that they moved to the Big Ten Conference. People have said, oh, no, the the Rose Bowl as we know it is now gone. Well, hasn't it been gone for 20 years? Last I checked, uh, in 2001, Miami played Nebraska in a national title at night in the Rose Bowl. I think Oklahoma played Washington State in a Rose Bowl. Oh, one time the Rose Bowl kicked out Washington State to open the door for Texas to play Michigan in a Rose Bowl. The Rose Bowl hasn't been what it once was for two decades. And it almost serves the Rose Bowl right that they've hung up everything in in the progression of the playoff. This is the fate they deserve. In fact, I probably think that the Big Ten championship game probably ends up being the Rose Bowl at this point. Who knows? But, you know, the Pac-12 has clung to some of this nostalgia and Rose Bowl this and and this and that and looked down on some of these lack of academic elites in the Big 12, but that's the whole year in. Now, there's been the reports from John Canzano and John Wilner 
about a potential ACC partnership. And I could see that happening because, honestly, the ACC and the Pac-12, their schools tend to align more than the Big 12 schools. That, that's, that's a fact. I mean, that, that's just kind of common sense. But, again, if you're the ACC, what, does that, what value is that bringing because you're going to have some fan bases that even when USC and UCLA were in the league, they weren't engaged outside of Utah and Oregon and Washington when, when they're having success. No engaged fan bases. See, and that's another risk, too, for the Big 12. Do you want to add six teams from the Pac-12 and probably only two of them are going to be excited to be in the new league? See, that's one of the things I like about the, the new Big 12 with BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston, is that you have fan bases, you have athletic departments that are hyped to get into the Big 12. And then you have the leftover eight in the Big 12 excited at the opportunity to become something new and reinvent themselves because they've been in the shadow of Texas and Oklahoma. You add the Pac-12 teams, and yes, they probably would add some value. There's no doubt about that. But I think anything beyond Arizona and Arizona State, you're adding members that, quite frankly, their fan bases, their athletic departments are going to feel like this is a step down than what they were in. And honestly, it could be. In fact, all of these moving pieces between the Pac-12, ACC, Big 12, it could all be for naught. We might be looking at a playoff in 2026 that just focuses on the SEC and the Big 10. As I said last week, that, that could be the future. For all we know, I mean, this could be just jockeying for number three and you're playing for the Division Two or Division Four, whatever division you want to call it, title. That, to me, is the bigger storyline going forward. Realignment's going to work itself out. What is the playoff going to look like with this new era after 2025? Beginning in 2026, what is the playoff going to look like? Because if the playoff gives access to the Big 12 Conference as currently constructed, you can have some stability. If the Pac-10 as currently constructed can have access to the playoff, you can have some stability and the ACC as well. And we still maintain the college football that everyone romanticizes and loves. That, to me, is where we need some answers. And if this is just headed towards SEC and Big 10... Why not just stay at your own post and battle it out amongst your three or four group of five conferences and these quasi-power leagues for their semi-pro national title? I don't know. That, to me, is the bigger stake at hand when you're talking about revenue streams and things like that, honestly. Because everyone would leave in a heartbeat right now for the SEC and Big Ten. But they don't have any need to expand. They've got the best programs now in terms of just brand recognition and eyeballs. They do. I love the old iteration that I grew up to in the late 90s to about 2010, pre the conference realignment moves of Nebraska to the Big Ten, Utah and Colorado to the Pac-12. I love that era of college football, but that is long since gone. And people forget, too, that college football – Despite all these realignment moves and all this ever-changing, it continues to grow in popularity. The new iteration, if it does just focus on the SEC and Big Ten, it will be more popular than ever because you'll get the casual sports fans. I believe that. We love college football on podcasts like this and markets like this one, but still, when you watch the national championship and you see the final TV ratings and you see 
oh, 16 million viewers. College football is not as mainstream as you think, as your social media timelines would tell you. It's just not. But the SEC and Big Ten with the current brands that they have, and you pair, figure out a national champion between those two leagues, guarantee you're probably going to get 32, 40 million people. I mean, you're going to get a massive number of audience uh, between those two leagues because of the brands that they carry. So I get it. You know, ESPN and Fox are making the moves happen. I think it's a good thing for the Big 12 that they've got somewhat of a relationship with Fox. Seems like it's been pretty good. Fox Sports CEO commented about Brett Yormark. That would seem like a positive thing. But we'll have to see. I mean, I think the question now for Cougar fans, what benefits BYU in all of this? I think there's many Cougar fans out there that probably see this realignment news, and there's real concern. Because how will BYU get left out? You know, will BYU somehow get kicked to the curve, something like that. I think for BYU, what would be the best case for them is that, if you, like I said, if you got the Arizona schools, that would be great because then you're just taking out the Pac-12 even further and you're leading to those programs to scramble. And then the Big 12, I think, elevates itself to being the third best league. But I also think that for BYU too, They've always known life without playoff access, without having a seat at the table. BYU, as long as they're at a member of this conference, with how it's even currently constructed, it's the best conference BYU's ever been in. And there's going to be excitement naturally just from competing with the Baylors, with the Iowa States, doing that week in and week out. And whether that has playoff access or not, I don't know down the road, but I think Cougar fans will still be somewhat engaged because the high level of competition will still be good. And I've thought, too, there could be a situation where it's a 12-team playoff and you know eight of the spots are SEC, SEC, Big Ten, and then the Big 12, Pac-12, ACC, they have a spot, and then group of five team, they've got a spot, too. And if that happens, I can't argue with that. I'm down with that. Sign me up. You tell me that BYU, if they win their conference, they're going to a playoff for a national title? Sign me up. You know, so I think there's still excitement regardless, you know, of this realignment. And what a what a blessing it's been for BYU, UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston to have this seat at the table right now. Can you imagine if USC and UCLA were the first ones to move last summer and then Texas and Oklahoma moved this summer. It would be a completely different dynamic and landscape in the realignment world than what we're seeing right now. I don't think that would have gone well for BYU. Right now, I think there's excitement for what BYU brings to the Big 12. I do believe that because you've had a program that for decades has operated in inferior leagues and you've still maintained a national fan base. You've still had a program that's won at a very high level. Now you put them in a conference that's going to have great competition, invested athletic departments. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cougar Nation should be excited, regardless of how this all shakes out in realignment. But I just still think there's that feeling of, you know, 
will BYU ever have truly have that seat at the biggest table? They might not. That's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I just hope that there's still some sliver of access to the Big 12, to the Pac-12 maybe, ACC for that new playoff. Because I just think that if you can give access to everyone, that can also grow college football too and make it a national sport and still keep these fan bases that are true to their alma maters and they're not going to flip to some big brand kind of like the NBA does. That keeps those people engaged, plus maybe some more casual sports fans as well. John Wilner from the Pac-12 Hotline, he reports today, Source, I'd be stunned if Washington and Oregon go to the Big Ten. The Big Ten will sit back for two years, then try to get Notre Dame. Growing reality is the Ducks and Huskies have to, one, make it work in the Pac-12, or two, join the Big 12. My guess, one is their preference. I bet that is their preference. And if they do make it work in the Pac-12, they're probably going to get a boatload of financial resources given to them. And that's how it should be. The top dogs in these leagues should carve out the biggest financial cut. If you're the best on the field, on the courts, you should be the one with the biggest financial distribution cut. It's interesting, too, with Notre Dame. What will they do? There's no reason to me for Notre Dame to have to leave. They'll always get an exception to everything, the playoff, anything. You know, maybe if it truly does become SEC and Big Ten in the playoff, then they have to go. Again, the playoff is where would provide answers. Create a playoff for what's going to look like in 2026 and beyond. We would have a clearer picture of everything that's going on in college football and what the future will look like. But without that playoff being constructed, we just don't know yet. And when Notre Dame has an AD, Jack Swarbrick, who's on the playoff committee, who helps piece together the proposals to construct the new playoff, I got to think there's going to be something worked in for an independent Notre Dame. Maybe not, because you don't need uniformity for the next playoff iteration, unlike this past 12-team deal, where you needed a unanimous consensus to approve the next playoff. But I think that Notre Dame is going to find a way to still get access. But I will say, if Notre Dame ever left for a conference, I think, personally, this is just my personal opinion, I think they should go to the SEC. They've got a great working relationship with Greg Sankey. Swarbrick worked with him on the 12-team playoff proposal. And I just think that, you know, the Big Ten teams, that's, that's old, that's nostalgia. Purdue, Michigan, they've been there, done that. Go down to the SEC into the Southeastern Conference, and then you have a footprint in that league, and you're recruiting, telling recruits you're in the SEC, that would be the move to me if you're Notre Dame. That's just my opinion. I think that that would be the move. I mean, that's the reason why they are aligned with the ACC, because they have a little bit of a Southeastern presence. I think they like having games in the Southeast. SEC, to me, would be the move. But conference realignment, it's draining. I will say, though, realignment is far more entertaining than name, image, and likeness talk and transfer portal talk. 
Jeez, sign me up for conference realignment talk any day of the week over NIL and transfer portal talk. Oh, NIL is going to ruin college football. Transfer portal is going to ruin college football. Conference realignment's a lot more juicier than that. <laughs> sign me up for realignment talk any day of the week over this NIL transfer portal nonsense. That's one of the big things I've learned from all this. But I think BYU is going to be okay. It's a nice time for BYU to be in this situation than had they been independent. Had they been independent, oh my goodness, this, this would just be a, a, a nightmare scenario for BYU. It just would. I mean, they'd be hanging on the voices of Tuxedo Yoda, dude of West Virginia. It's amazing how these accounts just instantly surface the moment a team moves. Just instantly. MHVER3, the moment USC and, and UCLA are going to the Big Ten, he's back. I'm seeing Frank the Tank, that guy with the baseball picture. Greg Swaim, that cartoon character who's spinning the basketball and spinning the football. I'm like, holy cow. These people just resurface from the dead every time. The only one that didn't resurface was Tuxedo Yoda. May he RIP or he or she RIP because I saw that account was was suspended. Because instantly when those uh, USC and UCLA left for the Big Ten, I, I just searched those accounts to just see if they were tweeting. And sure enough, all of them just hammering it out, just creating the controversy. And so many people falling for this stuff. It's unreal. I even saw a... Fan Nation, it's that Sports Illustrated blogger network. A guy wrote an article on the Washington website based off the the fake statement, the imposter Twitter account, whose Twitter account is Bob Trollsby. Incredible Twitter name, by the way. Bob Trollsby tweeted a fake statement from Brett Yormark, and some outlets ran with it as, as fact. I'm just like, Conference realignment does a number on people, folks. And I, I think it's just funny because a lot of these programs have never dealt with that. And that's why I bring it up. It's just bizarre to see the the Washingtons, the Oregons, the Utahs now turn to these accounts that so many of you Cougar fans were once following and try to piece together stuff. And it's like, hey, BYU knows their place. They're not selling some grand picture that, hey, we're going to the Big Ten. Uh, no, BYU's not going to the Big Ten. That'll never happen. Maybe if it's if the SEC got to a 25-26-27 team league, maybe the SEC could come calling then. But even then, that's probably not happening. So BYU knows their place, and that's okay. I want to see this new Big 12 happen. You know, if, if the Big 12 ends up standing pat at 12, I wouldn't be too sad about it. I, I really wouldn't. But if they can add the Arizona schools, I'd love to see that. I think that would be a step up for this conference. I think BYU is going to be okay. I think the Big 12 is going to be okay. But I do like seeing the fact that they've been aggressive. Brett Yormark, the new commissioner, early reports seem to indicate that he is on the aggressive hunt to try to get new members. And that's a refreshing change for the Big 12 as they've always been kind of a reactionary league for so many years since its inception, honestly, back in 1996. 
That's going to do it for this edition of the Cougar Tracks podcast. I hope all of you enjoyed it. Uh, quick note, I will be hosting on Unrivaled coming up on Thursday and Friday with Scott Mitchell on the KSL Sports Zone. So if you want more of these hot takes on conference realignment, and I'm sure there'll be a lot of conference realignment conversation, BYU football talk, and a whole lot more, I'll be co-hosting Unrivaled on Thursday and Friday from 3 to 7 on the KSL Sports Zone. So talk to you then, and I'll catch you on Friday here on Cougar Tracks. It's always powered by kslsports.com. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to... Give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.